Criminal Domain is brought to you by Norton Lifelock. Norton Lifelock does not endorse the opinions and statements discussed in the podcast. I was uh, driving out of the tennis centre, the venue of the Australian Open, and the phone rings. And I answer it hurriedly, and this person said, uh, it's Westpac Bank here. I said, look, you're going to have to ring me back. Uh, to which they said, look, this is pretty important. You should take the call. More and more of what we do these days relies on technology, so it follows that cybercrime is increasing. One in three Australians were the victims of cybercrime last year, collectively losing billions. And it's not just our computers, phones and tablets we need to protect. Our identities need protection too. I'm Mark Pesci. And I'm Claire Ed. And this is Criminal Domain. We're delving into the murky world of cybercrime. How the perpetrators use technology to manipulate their victims. People just as smart as you. More than half of us will be the target of a cybercrime. It might force us to change our credit cards. Possibly it'll leave us out of pocket. Sometimes it's far worse. My name is Michael Sheehan. Do you want to know anything about me? If you know anything about Australian football or AFL, wait, do you, Mark? Go the Swans. Mike Sheen is a kind of legendary football journalist and a broadcaster in Melbourne, Australia. So, Mark, he's got four kids and two of them are key players in this story. Kate, who he borrowed money from, and Lizzie, who helps him with his life admin. And then there's Steph, who's his personal assistant. Okay, so daughters Kate and Lizzie and assistant Steph. Yes, exactly. So on the 23rd of July, 2018... Yes, that's eerily familiar, yeah. Mike was about to make a big bank transfer, $147,000. And that's money he'd borrowed from one of his daughters, Kate. Because she'd loaned that to me to meet a building payment on a house we were building. Mike had only borrowed that money because his bank... Westpac, one of Australia's largest banks, wouldn't let him access his own fixed-term deposit. Westpac said, that's uh, against the law and we can't do it. They said it was because it was um, Austrac. Austrac is an Australian government agency and they use financial intelligence and regulation to basically thwart money laundering practices to make sure that people aren't using the banking system to finance terrorism or to commit other serious crimes. Now, that worked really well, didn't it? So you couldn't get access to your money. Correct. But a stranger in a regional town in Victoria yeah. could get access to your money. Yeah. yeah. Tell me how that happened. Well, it's by deceit. We fell for the duped email. So the intercepted email from, we'll call them the hackers, scammers. This is Mike's daughter, Lizzie, the one who does his life admin. Said, kindly find this revised details for the payment to be made to Kate tonight. You were to make the payment to this Commonwealth two words, bank, as against the original ING details, which was previously sent to you. Remember, it has to be done tonight as Dad will get a text message code. And this is the code that the bank sends you when you're making a transaction to check that it's you. Correct. One, two, three, four, code inserted, transaction done. Except that money didn't go to Kate Sheehan, did it? No. Mm. So how did Lizzie and Mike work out what had happened? Well, it starts with that phone call from Westpac. That was our bank where the money was taken out of. 
And they said, oh, can we please speak to you? This is quite a serious issue. And he said, look, you're going to have to ring me back. And they said, no, I think you want to take this call. And then they said that uh, there'd been a uh, misappropriation of 147000 And they said, we think you've been um, scammed fraudulently through email. Does this, what are you talking about? Panic set in. And they say, did you transfer an amount of $147,000 to a Commonwealth bank branch in Leangatha, Victoria? Do you know a recipient down there? He said, no, this is supposed to go to my daughter and her bank is not down there. So then he just rang me straight away. So he said, we've been done, we've been done over, I knew I knew I never should build this house and... I was like, what? What are you talking about? I said, hold on a second. I think my sister's got multiple bank accounts and you've chosen the wrong one. Don't worry, we'll be able to sort it out. And he said, no, she emailed and she said, change it to Commonwealth. Please pay Kate the outstanding money ASAP. Her account details have changed and here they are. I said, she's never had a Commonwealth account. Then I thought, oh, no, what's, what do you mean she's messaged? So I get straight on the phone to her and I call her. I said, what, do you have a Commonwealth Bank account? What is going on here? Dad said he's paid a Commonwealth Bank account. She said, no, I told you it was ING. I gave you the details. My husband also gave you the details. I'm like, oh, God. Start frantically messaging Dad's PA. And she said, well, I got all your emails about the change of account details. And I was like, sorry. And she said, yeah, what <laughs> the emails. We've been chatting over email. And I was just like, fuck. I said, i got to go. I got straight onto my computer, did a really advanced search. They weren't there. I went straight into Dad's Hotmail, did advanced, advanced searches, and I just saw the thread and trail of emails, and I was like, you are absolutely f***ing kidding me. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. This was $147,000. Scammers have been monitoring Mike's emails. They've intercepted communications between Mike's daughter, Lizzie, and Mike's personal assistant, Steph. And they know about the $147,000 that Mike owes his other daughter, Kate? Yes, and then they've created this whole new email account to look exactly like Lizzie's. Exactly, and even when the email comes through, and whether it comes through as, you know, your first name, comma, last name, or vice versa, you can hover over that and that will often give you the actual full email address should you need to cut and paste it or, for whatever reason, forward it on. Even that was exactly the same. So it turns out that actually cloning an email isn't really that hard. Emails have a particular style, they have a format, they can have signatures, and it's pretty easy if you have a copy of a legitimate email from someone to basically just take all of that information, that color, that layout, and just copy it. And then when you send it to the recipient, they kind of don't check it twice because it looks like all of the other emails that you've seen. There's always going to be a slight small change in there somewhere. It's redirecting to someone who's not the intended recipient or maybe coming from someone who isn't the person you think it is. But almost always that's nearly impossible to detect. But what about the email address? How do they get that to look so similar? There are tricks that you can play with how characters work on computers so that they almost hide the difference. 
Lizzie did mention something about that. It's a subtle thing. And a human being, we're not really built to be able to pick up those kinds of subtle changes, but computers are really good at that. So when Mike's PA is emailing Lizzie, she's actually emailing the scammers yes. who tell her to transfer Kate's money to a completely different bank account. Where did the money go? Did it go somewhere offshore? After the transfer, a woman walked into the Commonwealth Bank in a country town in Victoria. And this country town's got like 6,000 people. It's called Leon Gatha. And she asked $40,000 in cash over the counter. I'll repeat that. $40,000 in cash was withdrawn over the counter at a branch by a woman from an account that had been set up three weeks earlier. She had never had any history with the Commonwealth Bank. By that, I mean she was never a customer. And the reference was to a person, my sister, and her name was completely different. Do you know anything about Leanne Gatha? I don't know anything. Leanne Gatha. Is it near to Ralgan? No, I don't know anything. Should I? Clearly, Lizzie doesn't know anything about this town, but but do you, Claire? Well, I didn't, but I do now. And coming up after the break, I'll take you on a journey to try and find Mike's money. I'm going to give you a hint. It's caught up with a love scam. Criminal Domain is brought to you by Norton LifeLock. As we've discovered, your phone, your tablet, your computer when you log on to Wi-Fi, your car, these devices and their access to the internet leave you susceptible to cybercrime. We decided to sit down with Dean Williams from the Norton LifeLock product team to ask him some questions about the topics that we're covering. How vulnerable are we to an attack if I don't use a VPN? Very. So what cybercriminals do, they use software, apply it to the Wi-Fi connection, eavesdrop and pull that information down. So how does a VPN protect that? It uses encryption technology to take everything that you're sending and receiving off the internet and it scrambles it. What happens if I don't use a VPN? You know, how insecure is my data and my devices? Are they sitting up at night worrying? <laughs> if I was you, I would be sitting up worrying about it at night. I don't think your personal information's got any feelings. Leaving that personal information around is like leaving the keys to your house around. Yep. It's only a matter of time before someone picks it up. Except in this case, they're picking up the keys to your personal identity. Mm -hmm. Our VPN uses bank-grade encryption. It's a no-log service, so even our servers aren't collecting any telemetry about your online behaviour. With one click, you have the freedom to browse anonymously online. Dean, thanks for sharing all this information with us. Maybe just before we go, what's your big tip for how to stay safe when using your computer or your devices? Yeah, my pleasure. If you receive a phishing email or a text message and it doesn't look right, don't click on the attachment or contact that organization directly. The biggest tip is to make sure you use a premium comprehensive security solution. Make sure you're using a premium comprehensive security solution and visit au.norton.com forward slash 360 to discover how Norton 360 can protect you online. Welcome back to Criminal Domain. I'm Mark. And I'm Claire. So Claire, when we left off, journalist Mike Sheehan had $147,000 stolen by scammers. And soon after, a woman walked into a Commonwealth bank in Leongatha in country Victoria and withdrew $40,000 in cash over the counter and then walked out with it. And so, Claire, you went to the foothills of the Streslecki Ranges in the South Gippsland Shire to find out more. 
Langatha. Langatha sits, uh, well, about an hour and a half drive southeast of Melbourne. There's another sign to Liam Gatha, which means I can't be that far away. Just driving past a huge kind of statue of a cow. We're a rural, mainly dairy industry town, service town for the centre of South Gippsland. Everywhere I look, I can see open farmland. Sky's pretty dark. It looks like there's going to be a storm. It's raining and cold and blustery. It's quite cold. It's the start of summer and it's um, about 16 degrees. In 800 metres, take the A440 exit towards Corrumburra. Typical country town. As far as I know, it's about 6,000 people. You have arrived. Wow, so... This is it, Leon Gaffer. Thank you very much. Thanks. Obi owns the local aquarium. Obi knows a lot about fish, but not much about Mike Sheen's money. I figured the local barber might hear a thing or two, but he hasn't been here very long. Six weeks in the shop, three months in the town. Adam owns the plant shop and reckons. Everyone knows each other. Everyone's connected. Um in some way or another. But no one seems to know anything about the woman who withdrew $40,000 in cash from the local Commonwealth Bank. you got a few banks. A few banks, there is a few banks, yes, actually. For a rural town, we probably do have a lot of banks. But Peter, the local news agent, has got a hunch. Well, they might do it because it's a bit of an unusual spot, I guess. It's a rural area. There is a few banks to choose from. You know, not a real lot goes on, so it might have been a safe, sound area to do that, yeah. And being that it's, you know, we're a, a, away from the city where I suppose if something's going to happen, you know, they can get away with it. Right now, no one's been charged with taking Mike Sheen's money, and police are still investigating. This is not all that surprising. These kinds of scams are incredibly complex. They have many moving pieces. Every one of the scammers is doing everything they can to make themselves as hard to trace as possible. Because they need to operate in a world, what they will do is they will often use other people who are pawns caught in the web when they actually need someone to do something for them. Yes, that is exactly what we think has happened here. And I'm going to let Mike Sheen tell you about it. She believed, this is according to the police, she believed she was in an emotional relationship with an American serviceman. She was involved in a internet scam an online dating scam. She was certain she was going to marry this person. This woman herself is married. The fictitious person that she was corresponding with online and engaging with, I don't know how long, I know it was longer than six months, advised her that he was coming out to Australia and he said, I'm coming out, please set up this account. I will have money for you that will be deposited into this account for us to set up our new life. You know, I think she, I've never spoken to her, but I just get the impression that she actually thought this new love of her life was entitled to this money and she was just going to facilitate it. So Claire, does this person know that she's been caught up in a scam? Yes and no, it's, it's kind of complicated. So when this happens, a lot of people think how could you be so stupid to fall in love with someone that doesn't even exist? 
and to feel loved by this person and send money or receive money. It, see, it does. Right? It seems absolutely unbelievable. Yeah. And I have to be honest, I thought so too. But what I've learned is that these scammers are operating as part of international criminal networks. And they're not just experts in technology, they're experts in psychology. I spoke to a detective with the Victoria Police e-crime squad, Anton Bennett, and he described this sort of thing to me as social engineering. They pick their targets, they sit at their desks in whichever country they're in, and they profile people. And they have, you know, age ranges, uh, particular sex that they work with, different demographics. So when they get people that fit that criteria, then obviously they run they run their own scripts and these hackers are well known to have, they buy and sell scripts off each other of what works and what doesn't work. And often these scammers are part of larger criminal networks, Mark, as you would know. Imagine it like a boardroom and there's a whiteboard and one scammer says to the other, hey, I really need someone to transfer some money to this part of the world. And then another scammer puts up their hand and says, actually, you know what? I've got someone just for you. It's almost as if they have all of these resources out in the field and really what they do is they figure out how to deploy these resources to make their scams work. It often starts with the scammers depositing money into the victim's account first to gain their trust. Or they want you to move money around into different accounts, basically money laundering. Sometimes um, they still believe that person exists. Other times they, they cotton on that the person doesn't exist, but they're sort of so involved and they effectively have got no other communication with anyone else. So they're basically sucked into still communicating with these people, even though they know they've been duped. Other times they know it's a scam, but then there's a conversation about recompense to them if they get involved in another scam that they can sort of make their money back. And they often uh, actively get involved with then the, the group of scammers who run business email compromises and then they're now part of the organisation that launders the, the money that goes through. All of this sounds like a pretty plausible explanation for what happened to Mike Sheehan's $147,000. Yeah, and when we come back from the break, we'll find out what happened to his money. Criminal Domain is brought to you by Norton LifeLock. We decided to sit down with Dean Williams from the Norton LifeLock product team to ask him some questions about the topics that we're exploring. With so many logins or subscriptions we have, there are just so many passwords in our world. Dean, you were telling me it's very important to have different passwords for every login. Is that really important? It is very important. You need complex and unique passwords. It's hard work to create and remember and store all of those unique passwords. So Dean, how does the Norton 360 Password Manager actually work? Norton 360's Password Manager is a fully encrypted vault. It's compatible with your devices. You simply go to the URL, Password Manager will recognise that it's new credentials and simply ask you, do you want us to save them? You click yes and it's stored in the vault. What else does Norton 360 do? Safecam. Cyber criminals can use techniques to access your webcam, which is pretty scary. So I don't need to put tape on my camera? Exactly. Norton 360 uses technology to identify and block access to your webcam. Can they actually do that? Yeah, absolutely. They can access your camera. Norton 360 doesn't require you to turn it on, runs in real time. Anytime an application is accessing your webcam, a malicious access request, we block it. Now, currently, that's only for PC, isn't it? Yep. Dean, thank you for your uh, your advice. So any quick tips before we go? Make sure you're using unique passwords. Don't start calling them after your favourite car or your favourite pet. But most of all, make sure you're using a premium, comprehensive security solution. 
Make sure you're using a premium comprehensive security solution and visit au.norton.com forward slash 360 to discover how Norton 360 can protect you online. Welcome back to Criminal Domain. A quick recap. Scammers have set up a fake email account pretending to be Mike Sheehan's daughter, Lizzie, instructing his personal assistant, Steph, to transfer money to Mike's other daughter, Kate's Commonwealth account, not ING. That Commonwealth bank account had actually been opened by a woman in country Victoria who believes she's in love with an American soldier. And from that account, the woman in country Victoria took $40,000 in cash out. That's right. And I wanted to know more about why the scammer took the money from the Sheehan's. And I asked Lizzie what she thought the woman's motivations were. So it wasn't your classic, look, I'd love to see you, I can't wait to meet you, I'm going to marry you and buy you a big ring, but you give me the money first for my visa. It wasn't anything like that. It was the the reverse. I've got money for you, so please set up this account and I'll put it in there, but then I'll need you to transfer it out when you get it. The money was transferred on the Tuesday night. On the Wednesday she withdrew the 40000 in the morning in the cash. That afternoon she went to another branch of the Commonwealth Bank in the country town and transferred a further 100000 to a Westpac account. That is where Westpac picked it up. Westpac, the same bank that Mike uses, picked it up and froze the transfer. So, Mark, Mike got his $100,000 back plus another $7,000 that hadn't been touched yet. That's great. Yes, but... To this day, he still hasn't seen his final $40,000. I still can't come to terms with the fact that you can put someone's name on a transaction and that's totally ignored. There's something called the travel rule. And it means that when I am sending a large amount of money between banks, I actually have to be very clear with the bank who I'm sending that money to. Because, in fact, the bank has to make sure that they know that customer well enough that it's not suspicious for them to be receiving such a large sum of money to an account that's just been opened. She withdrew 40000 in cash at a branch. She was questioned as to why... The account name didn't match her name. She then signed a statutory declaration that said it was for her. Um, Why the Commonwealth Bank let that go ahead, I don't know. But clearly, she doesn't have a lot of money. And suddenly she's got access to 40 grand with another 100 sitting there. It's an irregular transaction. (laughs) Highly, yeah. I'm angry in the sense that You know, I ordered Uber Eats the other night to a different address and my bank put a stop to it. Lizzie and Mike say they haven't had any help from any of the relevant government authorities or the Commonwealth Bank who have told them... We followed all correct procedures throughout this transaction. We therefore will not be giving you any money. The Commonwealth Bank declined our offer of an interview. Instead, they sent us this statement. We can confirm we have fully cooperated with Victoria Police and New South Wales Police regarding this matter over the course of several months in 2018. We work closely with law enforcement agencies on scam and fraud prevention and fully cooperate in their investigations. Mark, is there 
any way that this could have been avoided in the first place. Didn't you say that there was a warning sign? Oh, are you going to bring that up? (laughs) Shouldn't have told you that part. Three weeks before Mike's ill-fated bank transfer, a radio station where Mike does some work received an email purportedly from Mike advising them of a change in bank details for his pay. And to their credit, they contacted me and said, have you changed your bank details? To which I said no. That was it. But he didn't tell me or his other PA. So I was just not happy with him. So the scammers were already trying to get his pay put into a different bank account. Now, as soon as something like that happens, that is a big red flag. As soon as that happens, you have to actually go and lock down all of your banking relationships, probably have a chat with your banks to say, look, it looks like there's been some fraudulent activity. What can we do? Because the banks will then start flagging the account so that if transfers happen, they will be slowed down. They'll be flagged. The bank may actually call you for a period of time while you're under that observation. My dad was a dick and needs to lift his game and get his email knowledge and technology and stuff a bit more up to speed and doesn't shouldn't be so lazy with this stuff but there is not more to this story a woman literally was given our money and aided and abetted by the bank all passwords have since been changed but what about the fake email Is there anything that you can do about that? Look, the fake email is really relying on the fact that human beings are really good at matching patterns, that when we see something that looks like something we expect to see, we think it's that thing. But remember, we've had a lot of technology to make scammers' jobs harder, and the scammers just get smarter in response to that. So this is not something we'll ever solve. This is a situation. It's a condition. It's a dilemma. You just endure it and you just do what you can to stay in front of it. So for someone like this woman in Leon Gather, if you meet someone online dating or some person contacts you over the internet and you start engaging in some kind of relationship with them and they're sending you photos of themselves and things like that, how can you check if it is real? So there's actually a lovely search engine tool that Google offers that allows you to pop a photo in and will compare it against all the other photos online. So you can actually find out fairly quickly whether the photo you've gotten of someone is the real deal. And if it's connected to a LinkedIn profile, which is legitimately for that person or Facebook or whatever, that will come up too. And so you have that degree of maybe verification. If someone's always saying, oh, we can't do a face-to-face because my camera's broken or this or that or the other thing, yes, there are a whole set of warning flags around them controlling the distance and the connection between you and not giving you control over that. And of course, they're relying on your heartstrings to help you ignore that. But there are tools that will help you, particularly with photos, learn very quickly whether a photo is valid or not. This has been another episode of Criminal Domain. Thanks to our sponsor, Norton Lifelock, and everyone who shared their stories. Thanks for listening.